Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion, everybody. This is Juco All-American, joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We will be talking, uh, I guess, all things Alabama loss uh, and previewing Arkansas. We have a good bit to talk about uh, and some interesting, you know, games and that sort of thing. But first, we are going to talk about what we're drinking. Um, And I am not drinking, actually, right now. Uh, But last night, I had a Live Oak Primus Weizenbach, uh, which is a a beer. Um, Live Oak is... So it's a brewery in Austin, but they... You can buy Live Oak... Like where you are, right in Durham? Maybe not. I don't know. I've never noticed. Okay. Well, I, I I never have a sense of like what. I mean, it's everywhere here, so you know I mm-hmm. make assumptions. Anyway, um, Live Oak is a a brewery local, but they have a thirteen hole disc golf course there. That's actually really fun. That's neat. So, We'd like to do that. Yeah. So you can uh, go grab a six pack. And, or buy a six pack and then walk around and play disc golf. That is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. As for me, I reached for a bottle of Hamilton Jamaican pot still black uh, rum. So if you ever see Hamilton branded rums at a liquor store, um, if it's a liquor store that I go to, don't buy any because I, I want it. Um, but if <laughs> not, definitely treat yourself. Um, it's, it's run by this guy named Ed Ed Hamilton, who kind of more curates, I guess, than than actually distills or, you know, ages rum. But he finds, you know, good batches from Jamaica and Guyana and all these other, you know, countries. And it's, it's incredible. He has a lot of different labels. So, uh yeah. Highly recommend. I was assuming Hamilton was somehow a, you know, Alexander Hamilton reference with like shipping and all that stuff. No. Okay. There we go. Um, well, cool. Uh, let's talk about something that's not quite as cool, which is, uh, the, the loss to Alabama. Uh, obviously we have a lot to talk about, but, um, the first thing I actually want to talk about is last week on, on the show last week, we talked about kind of, how LSU had beaten Alabama uh, and they had a number of, of key elements and we can kind of talk about whether Ole Miss was able to do those things. So <clears throat> the first thing is that LSU was efficient passing. They, they were not especially like prolifically productive, but they were efficient. Um, and unfortunately and this actually gets into the second point, which is LSU had a dominant running game. Um, I think this was probably Jackson Dart's worst game. Um, and I, I like Jackson Dart a lot. I'm, I'm very high on him as a quarterback, but uh, he he struggled. And there were times like, I mean, his the pass protection was awful. Uh, and he was getting... <laughs> he was getting assaulted uh, on the field. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we didn't really see him make a difference with his legs in ways that we typically have. And he didn't have a significant game through the air to kind of make up for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, something we got used to in watching Matt Corral um, was his intelligence and knowing when and how to run the football. And for the first um, nine games, I guess, Jackson Dart showed much of the same, like really good instinct for uh, when to leave the pocket um, for when his blocks were there to how to follow his blocks. Like he, he's been a really smart, efficient runner and he really wasn't able to, to show that against Alabama. I don't know if it wasn't as good of a game for him or if their defense is just that much smarter and athletic, but yeah, he, he really struggled in an area where he's had a lot of success this season. Yeah. I almost wondered like if this was an important game for him to realize that uh, there are defensive players against whom, like, the very delayed scramble up the middle thing, like, is maybe not going to be something that he can rely on as as frequently, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's an area of, of growth for him, is being able to find uh, receivers after a play, you know, breaks down instead of always running, so. Yeah. Um, I will say like, uh, the, the play calling on obvious passing plays did, did him no help. Um, especially like in the fourth quarter, uh, there were three consecutive drives where on third down we ran like I've seen people say that we ran four verts on those three consecutive third drives. I actually don't necessarily think that's right, but we had only receivers on the outside and no action in the middle of the field uh, on, on third down three consecutive times and three consecutive times Jackson Dart was sacked as he tried to scramble up the middle of the field. Uh, And that those were the, you know, killer drives that any one of them scoring would have, you know, changed the scope of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another weird thing, people have kind of talked about link, at length about not giving the ball to Quinchon Judkins uh, kind of at the end of the game once he, he got Ole Miss down to the 14-yard line with a chance to win. Um, and, you know, Hugh Freeze said, you know, rightly that he, that he was gassed. And if that's what he says, like, I, I totally believe it and I totally understand. But I don't think he accounted for it in the right way, specifically – bringing Judkins out wide, uh, motioning him out wide, I think on either the last or second to last play of the game, uh, leaving Dart with an empty backfield. Uh, yeah. Like no no threat of a play action, no one to uh, chip a blitzer just like alone out there. You know, I don't I don't even think there's, there's a tight end maybe. I don't know. I can't remember, but he was not well protected and it was very obvious that it was going to go poorly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with Zach Evans concussed, I guess now Lane Kiffin has said that. Um, and Ulysses Bentley, like, we don't really know what's going on with Ulysses Bentley. It seems that maybe he's still a hurt or maybe he's just, you know, not producing. But we don't really have an answer to that. I don't think we will ever have an answer to that until, you know, next season when we see what Bentley can do. Um, as a reminder, like, he can't transfer out. So, <laughs> so he's... Uh, yeah. He's sticking around. Um, but yeah, then if Quinn Sean Judkins like 
has, you know, is clearly just super winded and tired, then he's probably not going to be very helpful in that scenario. Um, but yeah, to totally eliminate that threat and still leave him on the field is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, so. you know, it's not likely that he's actually going to be involved in the passing game as a receiver. Like, if he splits out wide, then the only route that you have to pay attention to is like a screeny, weird thing kind of stuff, you know? Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I'd definitely love to hear what the coaches were thinking because it probably wasn't nothing. Like, they probably had some idea. It just, you know, from from our couches, it, it didn't look very good. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, the, so the last thing LSU that I really pinpointed that they did to win was they had 10 quarterback hurries in the game. Ole Miss had five. I definitely think that Ole Miss did a pretty good job for most of the game at applying pressure to Bryce Young. Yeah, I'd agree. They definitely got a little conservative from time to time, but I mean, blitzing doesn't work against a team that talented if you use it too much. So, so I definitely do understand that. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, one area of the game where you can say Alabama was, was a ton better than Ole Miss was just in pass rushers and linebackers. Um, yeah. There's a lot, a lot more talented in that area, and you could tell at times. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, in terms of the actual play on the field, uh, Ole Miss did what it needed to do on the running game on offense. It needed to what it need, yeah, it did what it needed to do defensively. I mean, defensively, I think that Ole Miss. I know that it's funny to say this because Alabama ended up with you know plenty of points, but defensively, Ole Miss played really well, especially the first half. They were just dominant. Oh yeah, if you told me Alabama scored thirty in this game. I would take that as a huge victory without knowing how much Ole Miss scored or how the game played out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that, like, through the first quarter, Alabama had four rushing yards or something like that. It was definitely single-digit. Um, and then, you know, things change and that sort of stuff. But, like, I don't know. I think that, that the defense played a, a good game. I think that, uh, ultimately... It was, and I'm not going to put it all on Dart, uh, but it was the the passing game in general that uh, couldn't come through when it needed to in a few key moments. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it in the post-game report that I wrote. Officiating came into play a lot, but it even so, it's frustrating how many things that weren't related to officiating or weren't related to talent discrepancy could have gone the other way and given Ole Miss the win, you know? Sorry, my wife just walked in and started talking to me. Uh, so um, uh, one thing I wanted to call attention to before we move on is uh, Alabama actually had trouble with Ole Miss, Ole Miss's offense on third downs. Ole Miss went 8 of 16 on third downs. But uh, O of three on fourth downs. Yeah, uh, when I talk about those things that could have gone differently, I mean those definitely loom large. Especially the the first one early, um, the turnover on downs was it on Ole Miss's first possession, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you score there and then everything else continues kind of as it did, like Alabama's in a big hole 
early, uh, which, you know, changes the whole dynamic of the game, not to mention that Ole Miss only lost by six to begin with. Um, yeah, did you think that it was the right call? I, I, <laughs> I do at the time. Uh, I did. Uh, I think the guaranteed three points would have been nice to have for sure, but I don't think there is any way to know how slow of a start the Alabama offense was going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kiffin was right to hedge his bets uh, for a big shootout. Yeah, I actually, so before the before they went for it, I said, oh, I watched the game with my brother-in-law, and I said, man, I, I do wish they would kick here. Um, but I, I don't think it was a bad choice. I mean, it's not like, I, I, after the game, there were a lot of people like, oh, Mark, like people on message boards were like, oh, I can't believe like we should have taken the points there. The game would have been totally different. Like, yeah, I guess it would have been somewhat different. But like, I mean, you know, this is what we do. Like, yeah, they, they would not have been pissed off if we had scored, <laughs> if we'd scored a touchdown <laughs> by going for it. Yeah. Also, in general, if you were to ask most fans, I guess, whether you'd lose by being too aggressive or too conservative, everybody says too aggressive. Just like nobody wants to be like, well, we, you know, we, we were really frugal and <laughs> very yeah, prudent. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, nah, it's fun to watch fun football. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> coming into the game, uh, Alabama, and, and we'll just go ahead and move on to this. Alabama was the fifth most penalized team in the country. In this game, they only committed, in quotation marks, five penalties for 45 yards. Uh, yeah, this is this is something that I don't know. Uh, the past few years, I I tried to like severely ratchet down my like you know game level intensity uh regarding <laughs> things like officiating but this one this one broke me a little bit yeah uh, i was i was kind of mad online about it and and you know for for good reason i mean it's just a football game but but it's weird to see an officiating crew i don't know just like i don't want to go conspiracy theory about it but like just some bad bad misses and you don't know what that comes down to but you know that like it's something other than their objective view of the game of what happened in the game like there's something that caused them to hesitate on a lot of those flags you know what i mean yeah i mean catastrophic misses and then like (laughs) i think that it's funny to compare i mean Look, uh, holding is a weird thing and all that. And they they called Dayton Wade for that hold. Uh, and it, it basically he was holding while getting reverse pancaked uh, on a run. But um, it's funny to like compare that where Dayton Wade, you know, blocked somebody at the first down marker, but didn't block him and instead got pancaked back. Uh, and was called for holding, comparing that with, you know, some of the things like the non-called targeting on Zach Evans that led to a fumble, which led to an easy touchdown for Alabama, or like lack of face mask call, lack of PI, 
you know, all those things, it's like the most much more glaring penalties that were, were not called. It was just, it's, it's really frustrating to see that. And I, I typically am of the like, well, you know, you can't leave it to officiating. You got to win. But like, man, they beat Alabama and everything except the score. And it's because those penalties weren't called. Yeah. I mean, that fumble, honestly, like the fumble by Zach Evans, I'm sort of back on and forth on whether it was targeting by the letter of the rule, but it definitely was an intentional tackle leading with the helmet that caused a concussion that caused the fumble. Like, there's no doubt about that. Um, and that still sucks, even if by the exact letter of the law, it's not targeting. Uh, and that was, that was, an, so the an argument is that he's, he's not a defenseless ball carrier. Is that, is that what the argument is? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, and again, not, not a football rules scholar. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That is, that is something that people cite when talking about what is and isn't targeting, whether the, the player was defenseless. And, you know, if it's a running back who has the ball tucked and is running straight ahead, like it, it is kind of hard to be defenseless. I think one of the things that made him like effectively defenseless was the fact that someone else had already started wrapping him up. Uh, so he was less able to protect himself or to see that coming. Yeah. My understanding is that the launch is the important thing. Uh, launch and leading with a hit to the head or neck area. And that, Seems to me that's what happened, but you know, those, those aspects were not in doubt. It was yeah. a vicious, vicious hit. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, that, like I said, I think that was the play of the game because, you know, Alabama got such a quick touchdown and melted away this like quickly growing Ole Miss lead. You know, they were about to be in a big hole and they, you know, really, really got bailed out there. Yeah. Uh, so wrapping up Alabama, because I know we have uh, some time constraints on our side. Um, we asked the question last week whether Michael Trigg coming back would make a difference, and it didn't. I mean, I don't think he played very long. Uh, he, he did play in the game, but I don't think he played much. Interesting. I did not see him in there, but, but he, yeah. He did, I mean... yeah. Uh, and then Cedric Johnson also didn't really make a, a big difference in the game. I, I think he also played limited snaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely saw him what felt like a good bit out there, but I know that he's not 100% healthy. And I don't know. I think we're, we're at the point where we can say it isn't his best season, but I think a lot of that is, is due to just nagging injury and stuff. I mean, I think he's yeah. really good there. Yeah. Uh, so who's your player of the game? Uh, I mean, I think you have to say Judkins. I think... Malik Heath once again made made some noise in that regard, um, and I think that you could point to a couple of defenders. I think the the linebackers played over their head for the most part, um, but I think more as a unit than one individual. So yeah, I think I, I think you have to say Judkins. He just you know he really made a couple of those touchdowns happen. Yeah, uh, just to not say Judkins, I'm going to say Otis Reese. 
he was all over the field. He had a sack, a half tackle for loss. Uh, I noticed him uh, among defenders more than the others, um, and not in a bad way. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On that note, um, I don't think the player of the game, but I think Miles Battle. Uh, oh, yeah. Earned a shout out. He played really well and and hasn't been starting lately, but but drew the start and I thought played great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, uh, Alabama struggled on the ground to the tune of uh, 36 carries for 108 yards, which is three yards per carry. But they also, I mean, 21 for 33 is good through the air, but only 209 yards. So, I mean, again, Bryce Young was efficient. Their running game was not very efficient, and, and they still won. Yeah, and and yeah, Bryce Young made some... Really good plays. I don't think oh. he's the Heisman winner he was last year, but just his ability to keep plays alive uh, and then make the best decision was really impressive. Uh, yeah, so frustrating. Like, I, I actually think that Alabama, I mean, this is not a hot take because I think everybody kind of has this opinion, but like they lack playmakers everywhere. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is, you know, a good running back for them, but he actually only had six carries for three yards in this game. I don't know if he got injured or they just realized it wasn't working or what, but their receiving talent is just not where it needs to be for Alabama to be the scary Alabama they have been in years past. Yeah, which is kind of odd. I mean, yeah, they've they've recruited so many good guys. And even when they were, even when we still thought of Alabama as a line them up and run you down, you know, run all over you kind of team. Like they still had Julio Jones and like <laughs> guys like that, but yeah, they don't have anybody like that right now. No. Uh, okay. Let's, let's run through Arkansas real quick. Uh, Cause we're, we're short on time, but so offensively, we don't know yet whether KJ Jefferson will start the game uh sam Pittman has suggested like he said he will be he has been practiced or will be practicing this week uh he has been out with a bruised clavicle so i think you and i are of the opinion that like whether he plays or not makes an enormous difference in the threat of the game i i said in our Slack channel, I think that he makes a two or three touchdown difference. And I think that is pretty conservative. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a really good and especially like college good player. Uh, I'm not projecting him to the NFL. I have no idea, but Lest anyone forget, this is what K.J. Jefferson did to Ole Miss last year, okay? And this is with, you know, Chance Campbell and Mark Robinson at linebacker, Sam Williams at defensive end, okay? Mm-hmm. 25 for 35, 326, three touchdowns and one pick. He was sacked once. He had 20 carries for 85 yards and three touchdowns. So he accounted for six touchdowns. Yeah, if... My memory of that game was that he had about 175 yards rushing. So, right, like, right, right. <laughs> right. 
No, he was just he was so consistent. Like he would just get yardage, get yardage, get yardage, and man, it's just it was so annoying. Yeah, uh, I, I I know he hasn't been as good this year, uh, but or at least as good as that uh, this year. But I don't know. I I would like to not face him. Yeah, like in terms of like college QB performance, it was a lot like watching like Johnny Manziel or Cam Newton. Right. Like, oh, or is he going to get out of it this time? Oh, yeah, of course he is. Like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Every time he's dead to rights, somehow gets 20 yards out of the play. Like, Yeah. Uh, and then uh, with without him, their only threat, really, in my opinion, is Rocket Sanders, Raheem Rocket Sanders, uh, who is a really complete running back, uh, is averaging 6.2 yards per carry, is not just a flashy guy. He's kind of fast and physical. 1,100 yards on the season. Um, they're really good at converting on third downs. They're 25th in the country on third down offense. They have allowed a lot of sacks. So Ole Miss hasn't really sacked very many teams much this year. So like maybe we could change that. <laughs> uh, that would help. Yeah. D- defensively, they run a 3-2-6. Um, so they run the same, well, the same formation as Ole Miss. Um, they are fourth in the country in sacks defensively. Juco, that does not sound good. No. To me, no. 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 I mean, technically the Ole Miss offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in terms of sacks allowed, but that seems impossible. I know. Uh, watching them and so yeah having a team that can rush the passer does not seem like a a good thing for us yeah now the good thing is that they are 117th in third down defense cool we do like that that's that's weird that's a weird stat to pair with being facts i know know. it does not make any sense uh oh can we talk can we talk real quick about uh my favorite player in college football. Who is it? It's Bumper Pool. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a really good linebacker. He doesn't have a name. I don't know what he looks like. I don't I don't know anything about him. I just know his name is Bumper Pool, and that is awesome. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he has a he has a cool name. Uh, he also has ninety tackles on the year <laughs> through <laughs> ten games or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot yeah uh okay last question before we go has your season expectation changed after the alabama loss you know i mean this one is about as 50 50 as it can get for me and i think i think this one is close to 50 50 and the egg bowl is not any kind of guarantee so i think just by sheer probability i have to move us down to nine and three but I think that is pretty close to 10 and two in terms of likelihood. Okay. I'm sticking with 10 and two. All right. I like it, man. Yeah. I, I, that's kind of what I think. But like I said, I just logic it out and talk myself uh-huh. out of it. So uh-huh. I feel pretty good about these last two. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll close there and we'll regroup with you all, all next week. Thanks for joining us.